Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back with you for part six of the Metric Minute, brought to you by Vault Performance. I'm Kareem Durkawi, and this time we'll wrap up our discussion on concentric impulse by examining how it relates to body mass. As you recall, impulse is determined just like calculating the area of a shape. However, it yields only an absolute value of applied force without considering its effect on an object. We need to consider the relative effect of a given force to understand the outcomes. Imagine if we gave the same amount of fuel to identical cars, but one of them needed to move lots of heavy bricks. The added mass decreases fuel efficiency. In other words, the same tank of gas is now less effective and can't take the car as far. It's the same for athletes. Greater body mass dilutes the benefits of an applied force during a vertical jump. In this example, a 350-pound lineman produced an impulse of 412, whereas a 190-pound receiver produced only 266. However, since the receiver's weight-to-concentric impulse ratio was higher, he had a better vertical jump and did well in other key performance indicators. The take-home message is that a higher concentric impulse is always desirable, but performance programs should aim to achieve a force-to-mass ratio that's most appropriate for a given sport or position. Next time, we'll discuss the landing phase and start talking about how to view the force time curve as a whole rather than individual segments. Until then, please feel free to touch base with me or any of us at Vault Performance. Thank you. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us, though, is finding a new outlet, a new way and a new perspective on the questions that we may have, whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives, different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, you'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world. From everything from career advice to training modalities to programming, there's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, to dive into all that great content today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody? This is Molly Benetti back at it with another episode of My Thoughts Monday. I want you to take a moment and reflect internally back to when you were a kid. Maybe you were in kindergarten and you were given an image. Maybe it was a house or an animal or some other random object. And you were told to color the image with crayons. And you had to, or you were specifically instructed to, stay inside the lines of the image. You were also told that you had to use the right colors. The grass had to be green and the sky had to be blue. All of your kindergarten friends and your teachers noticed if you strayed outside the lines or you used colors that didn't match reality, right? We all know that the grass is in pink and the sky is in purple. We learned to color inside the lines as early as kindergarten and other useful things like flush the toilet, look both ways before you cross the street, share everything, don't hit people. Right, all pieces of advice that still ring true and remain useful even in our adult lives, uh, for the most part. 
my question to you is this. As strength and conditioning coaches and in our careers, what are some ways that we are told to color inside the lines? What are we told or shown about what it means to be a strength coach? And I'm talking about beliefs, I'm talking about behaviors, stereotypes, assumptions. And I want you to think about that for a second. I know for me personally, uh, some of the ones that we, I think, come into this learning are, first off, to romanticize the grind. Be the first one in the building. Waking up at 4.30 a.m. is a badge of honor, getting to work before the sun comes up, leaving when the sun is down, um, first one in, last one out mentality, work for free. Um, you know, what we do is a grind, and that's that's the way that it is. Or the assumption that we're just weight coaches or trainers and we just live inside the four walls of a weight room and the only thing that we do or bring value to is teaching people how to lift weights or we're the punishers literally and figuratively when our athletes get in trouble with our coaches they get sent to us or just the assumption that when our athletes are training with us that they have to be miserable the whole time if they're not sore and tired and feel like throwing up then our workouts are a waste of time or or too soft um or the, the persona that we're supposed to give off of being this dominant and controlling individual that we run the room at all times, that our athletes are uh, you know, displaying discipline when we run and control every aspect of, of the workouts, um, where we're yelling and you know, our athletes are compliant and we're the hype men and hype women. Um, you know, maybe you see us on the sideline and we're the get back coach or we're the ones running up and down the sideline bringing the juice, we're expected to act a certain way and we're specifically expected to have a certain personality type if we're going to be a strength coach. We're expected to show no weakness that, you know, despite all the stress or the burnout or the issues and challenges that we may be facing, not only in our job environment, but in our personal lives, we're told that, you know, showing that is a sign of weakness. If we're struggling uh, we're supposed to be the ones that keep it together at all times. We are taught right off the bat that being in this job is a sacrifice. Expect to sacrifice your weekends, your evenings, holidays, family time, weddings, birthdays, you name it. We're supposed to be available 24-7 for our coaches and our players. And if we're not doing that, then we're not really a servant leader. You know, and most of the time we have a hard time setting boundaries for ourselves and which leads to a, a host of other issues that we'll get into. But um, we're also shown that, you know, our career path as a strength coach looks pretty linear. You go to undergrad, maybe you major in exercise science or something of the likes. You are an intern. Uh, you have several unpaid internships. Then you, you then go on to get your GA. After your GA, you go on to be an assistant strength coach, and then you work your way up to an associate or an assistant director, and then ultimately that end goal is being a director of a program. And now I'm talking about the collegiate sector in particular, but we're told that our careers should look a certain way. And I remember seeing a tweet from a strength coach sometime in the last year that said, if you're a collegiate strength and conditioning coach and you have no desire to be a head strength coach or a director, then you should resign from your position immediately because there are so many other people that would take your position. And I remember reading that and thinking, what a load of shit. 
who's to say what our career path is supposed to look like? If I'm a collegiate strength and conditioning coach right now, which I am, and I don't want to be a head or a director someday, why does that mean that I'm undeserving of the position that I'm in now? Maybe I want to go the high school route. Maybe I want to go private sector. Maybe I want to go pro. Maybe I want to get out of this whole damn thing in general. It's not my fault. It's nobody's fault. And nor should anybody be looked down upon because they decide to go a different route with their career. Uh, we're, t again, told to look the part and fit the persona. We're supposed to have a, a certain personality. Again, we're supposed to be dominant and loud and controlling. And if you're not that, then how are you ever going to get the respect of your athletes or really get them to do what you need them to do? Um, we're really not taught how to do anything other than just write programs and be a, a strength coach. So having any aspirations outside of that, whether that's business, administration, anything is uh, kind of a foreign concept and nobody really teaches us anything about that. And then again, we're taught that we're just not going to make any money. Get used to, you know, having two degrees and multiple certifications and still making $24,000 a year. That's just the way that it is. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, there are certain things that I learned, a lot of those things that I learned early on in my career. And I'm 31 years old. This is my eighth full-time year. And there are certainly more things that I've had to unlearn as I've gone throughout my career than I've had to learn. Um, and because of some of these things that we're taught, and we're told to believe in the beginning, I think lead us to deal with a lot of different frustrations and challenges and obstacles that we're not given the tools or the resources or, or taught how to handle or navigate our careers. And all of us are lying to ourselves if we say that we aren't dealing with any of these things, um, whether that's an identity crisis, like who are we outside of being a strength coach? Who we are versus who we are as a coach should be two different things, but a lot of us have a hard time separating the two. Um, the feeling of doubt or defeat, like, are, am I even good at my job? I remember feeling that so early on in my career, just wondering, am I cut out for this? Because I felt early on this cognitive dissonance between who I was as a person versus who I was expected to be or act like as a strength coach. Um, you know, dealing with the struggles of perception Others people's, other people's perception of us, our coaches' perception of us, other strength coaches' perception of us. And that leads us to this game of comparison and insecurities and mimicry and all of these things that involve our ego because we are really unsure and insecure with ourselves. And so we are constantly judging and stereotyping other people in our field to make ourselves feel better. I mean, look no further than strength coach Twitter, social media, we are so quick to judge others because we are so unsure of ourselves. Again, this, you know, this feeling of having to have a certain persona or facade that we portray to the external world about who we are and how we do our jobs and struggling with that versus who we really are. Um, we all deal with stress. We have all dealt with burnout. And if we, you say that you haven't, you are lying to yourself. And nobody teaches us how to navigate or get ourselves out of it. Uh, we deal with the, again, this kind of goes back to perception, but the lack of professionalism in our field and the fact that there are so many different standards depending on where you work, which organization you're a part of. Uh, professionalism is, is not a standard. Our, our standard of care and our standard of behavior is not uniform. Um, we're still dealing with issues of representation and inclusivity. 
being a female in this field, there are not a lot of resources or uh, people to help navigate that. Now there's a bigger population now than there ever has before, been before, but being uh, anything other than a white male as a strength coach is really hard to navigate and nobody talks about that. And again, it kind of goes back to this cognitive dissonance between who we really are as individuals and who we are taught to be and how we're taught to act as strength and conditioning professionals. The two typically don't line up and most of us have a hard time navigating the stress that comes as a result of that. And so I wanna talk about for a second, when we think about our field and we think about what we're taught and we think about what we do to grow as professionals, we go to conferences, we learn how to program, we learn how to teach exercises, we learn how to monitor better, we learn about technology, we learn how to put plans together, we learn about all these things. It's really easy to pick up a book or read a podcast or listen to a podcast or listen to a presentation when we feel like we're insufficient or deficient in, um, you know, maybe it's energy system development or whatever the area might be. But when we talk about what we do on a daily basis and what we deal with on a daily basis, how much of that has to do with our programs that we write and the technology that we use versus how much of that has to do with people with managing emotions and stress and burnout and environmental factors, uh, how much of that has to do with communication and connection, and how much of our time is spent growing in those areas versus just checking a box on our list of, I, I read this book, I read this article, I learned about X, Y, or Z. And so when I talk about coloring inside the lines versus coloring outside the lines, the path for strength and conditioning coaches has been a certain way for a lot of years. And many of us have the same complaints, the same frustrations, the same challenges, and are frustrated with the lack of growth in our field. But I challenge each of you to look internally about what you're doing personally to better yourself as a professional and to truly grow in the areas that matter in not just our jobs, but in our lives and what are you doing to deconstruct yourself to make yourself a better professional? Because that's the only way that our profession grows. It's not gonna be saved by some organization. It's gonna be saved by how we choose to grow as individuals. Where are our blind spots? What matters most in our day-to-day -day lives? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, it's not being able to write a better program or be able to monitor an athlete a little bit better I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that it's gonna deal with how we communicate, how we connect with ourselves, with our athletes, with our coaches, with our administration, how we uh, deal with the psychosocial and psycho-emotional aspects of behavior change, of humans. Those are the things that, come, that our frustrations come from. Those are the things that our challenges come from. Those are the most meaningful parts of our job. And if we're not truly taking a look at ourselves and deconstructing ourselves and seeing where we need to get better, we can't rely on a book, we can't rely on a podcast, we can't rely on a conference to help us grow in those areas. It takes some serious self-reflection, some looking at yourself in the mirror and really figuring out how to dig deep into your shit 
because we all have it. We all have shit that we have to work on, but most of us are afraid to face that. How can we challenge the status quo? How can we challenge the perceptions and the way that we've been told that it should look and bust this thing open and make our profession better? But it starts with ourselves. We can't change on a large scale until we're willing to look at ourselves and change internally. And so that's why I challenge all of you to color outside the lines. Don't just do what has always been done. Don't just grow in ways that we've always grown. What can you do to think outside the box and make yourself better? And I would love to have this conversation with anyone. I would love to share with you questions that I've asked myself. That could be a whole nother episode, but that's my challenge for you. We have got to be better, but being better starts with ourselves and we've got to be able to be self-aware and harsh enough with ourselves to grow. Thanks for listening. Look forward to speaking with you guys again soon and putting out another episode. Have a great day. Talk soon.